So Elizabeth Warren gave her little speech on progressivism and laid out 11 tenets of what it means to be a modern social justice progressive. And I'm just gonna kind of go through them here and just give my opinion. Number one, we believe that Wall Street needs a stronger rules and tougher enforcement and we're willing to fight for it. How, right? So you're not giving any examples. You're just saying it needs tougher enforcement. It's very easy to lay out talking points when you probably have no understanding of how Wall Street works. I mean, I, I don't even know how I can reply to this. It's just a blanket statement. There, there, there's no example here, you know, how you'd like to do it. I just can't reply to that. But I can say that generally some of the problems that we've had in our policy and our economic downturn has been the cause of overregulation and just simply controlling business at such a micromanaged degree that they can't let the market take control. So for example in banking we've controlled interest rates and then uh, that has encouraged people to borrow money that they didn't need to borrow and of course one thing led to another and at least that's kind of an Austrian perspective to it. But without really an in-depth idea of how she plans to fix it. I can't really address this point, but number two, we believe in science and that means we have a responsibility to protect the earth. Okay, uh, well if you're going to make an argument, your premise should at least have something to do with your conclusion, right? You know, I believe in science, therefore blueberries are blue. You're essentially confusing your premise, which is, I believe in the, the the observation of the physical world and experiments and whatnot, with an opinion, which is, we should protect the Earth. What are you saying, that people who aren't scientific don't want to protect the Earth? Or that scientific people, only scientific people want to protect the Earth? I mean, what are you trying to say here? That's kind of a failed point. Uh, three. We believe that the internet shouldn't be rigged to benefit big corporations, and that means real net neutrality. You know, you're, you're exactly right. We should totally get the FCC involved in the internet. I mean, could you imagine if the FCC wasn't involved in cable? There would probably be like seven broadcasting companies that would control all the cable we watch. And then if you try to make your own cable broadcasting company and use airwaves, these cable companies would, would stop you and, oh, wait, never mind. The internet is as free as it is and as accessible to the poor as it is because the government hasn't been involved. And the problems with the internet, I can point to government. The little issues that we do have, such as there not being more ISPs because of the regulation we have and because you have to essentially go through one of the larger ISPs or go through AT&T to create your own ISP. A lot of the problems we have with the internet with prices is because we have these no-compete charters and I can only have two companies to choose from, which means one company to choose from. If you want to fix the internet, we just need less government in the internet. I want you to really think about it. Where is the one place that anyone can create a business right now without having to worry about big businesses? The one place where innovation is still happening. That's the internet. And the internet is the freest place that we have to go. I mean, if you can't see the relation here, I, I don't know what to say. We believe that no one should work full-time and still live in poverty, and that means raising minimum wage. Right, because you believe everyone should work part-time and still live in poverty. So, if you want to get people out of poverty, what do you have to do? We have to think of it in terms of economics. 
you have to increase the collective wealth of a nation or, or the world, so to speak. The more stuff a country has, the cheaper that stuff is. So how do you make more stuff? That's how you fix poverty. You make more stuff. Well, first of all, you have to increase people's productive capacity. And how do you increase people's productive capacity? You need more capital wealth. Something that someone can make something with, factory goods or, or whatever. And how do you increase capital wealth? Well, you need investment. And how do you have investment? Well, sometimes that means low wages. So you can profit. Profit is what allows investment. And investment doesn't happen unless profit can be made. And sometimes that means lower wages. So if I could choose between lower wages and cheaper goods and higher wages and less goods, I would choose lower wages any day of the week. We believe in fast we believe fast food workers deserve a livable wage. Congratulations, two of your points are exactly the same. And that means that when they take to the picket line, we are proud to fight alongside them. Right, well, a picket line is actually a threat, right? Some people might not see it that way, but if me and my six friends surround your house, and just even if we're not actively threatening you, we stand around your house and follow you around to make sure that you don't work anywhere, or I mean, imagine if the businessman did that. He got all his business buddies to stand around your house and make sure you didn't go work for anybody else. That would be considered an active threat. So. When you have a picket line, that is people actively threatening people not to work there. And you might disagree and say, oh no, it's peaceful, it's not a threat. Well then, why isn't it one dude standing out there with a flyer saying, please don't work here? Because that isn't, that isn't the goal. They're not wanting to stand out there asking politely. They're, they're threatening people. So when you're saying we should actively help people threaten other people, what you're saying is we need to make exceptions in the law, exemptions for unions, because I agree with unions, so the law shouldn't apply to them. And that's the problem with big government and progressivism, is that you want to break rule of law. As soon as you get a position of power, you want to make exceptions for something you agree with. I agree with unions, so therefore unions shouldn't have to follow the law. And there are tons of examples of unions breaking laws that uh, most organizations would have to follow, but that it doesn't apply to them because unions get exemptions, which is usually more bureaucratic nonsense that other organizations have to deal with. And even if you don't buy that, the problem here is when she says this is that we should actively support unions in picketing, what she's saying is we sh the government should actively pick sides in contract disputes. So when two people disagree with the contract, the way it's supposed to go is they're supposed to point it out and say, look, we have a problem here. If they can't resolve it, they take it to court. The court looks at the contract and says, okay, party A, you broke the contract, therefore you should have to pay party B a certain amount of fee or something. That's how it's supposed to work. But what she's saying is the government should be actively taking sides in contract disputes, which again is completely breaking the entire idea of rule of law. We believe that students are entitled to get an education without being crushed by debt. Well, that's your fucking fault. I mean, school, the education costs have gone up a thousand percent since the government has gotten involved in federal aid programs. Just let that sink in, a thousand percent. The whole reason that education and healthcare costs are so high is because the government's been subsidizing them. If you want to step out of the way and let students get a good education without being crushed by debt, then you need to resign because you are what's standing in their way. We believe that after a lifetime of work, people are entitled to retire with dignity, and that means protecting Social Security, Medicare, and pensions. Well, if by pensions you mean simply 
protecting the contract and saying that I signed a contract with my place of employment that they owe me a pension, then yeah, fine, go ahead. But she probably means state pensions, which there's a problem with state pensions and that's a conflict of interest. So when you look, you have uh, a legislator who has some power in determining uh, pensions and uh, employment costs and whatnot. And what they'll, they'll bribe people for votes. You know, go ahead, vote for me, union, because I'll make sure you get a higher pension. And what ends up happening is these legislators will bribe the current uh, the voters so that the next generation gets screwed over. Hopefully before the, hopefully after the uh, legislature retires. And this is exactly what happened in Detroit. They made promises they couldn't keep because the city couldn't afford to pay all these absorbent pensions. And oh, and of course Social Security and Medicare, there is none. These are unfunded liabilities. We've been borrowing to pay for these programs because Social Security was supposed to originally be, I pay for myself, then eventually I retire, I get my stuff back. But because this, the government has borrowed all that money, now instead of paying for myself, I'm paying for the generation before me and they're paying for me, and it's just this big problem. That's the reason we're in debt is because of Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, and these, these unfunded liabilities. So if you want to protect Social Security, Medicare, or I should say protect people in their retirement, protect people in their health care, then again, stay out of our way because you're making the problem worse. We believe, and I can't believe I have to say this 2014, we believe for equal pay for equal work. Um, if you just mean, as it sounds, yeah, that sounds like a good premise, but you probably mean uh, females get paid less, that's probably what you're getting at. Women get paid less, 70 cents on the dollar and all that nonsense, which of course has been disproved by Sowell I don't know how long ago. But women don't make less than men generally. I mean, yeah, they do if you look overall at the whole board. And of course, if you ignore the fact that women tend to choose lower paying fields or fields that don't employ as many people, such as psychology, yeah, a lot of women go for psychology. They go to college, they can't get a dang job because everyone else and their mother is going for psychology. And of course that determines low wages. So yeah, that's why you don't get paid much. Maybe you should have went for computer information systems like all the men are doing and you'd get paid the same as a man. And of course, they also say that women in professional careers make less, which generally, it's sometimes true, but also you have to look, a lot of these women take time off from their employment to go home, take care of their kid. And two years away from work as a physicist is a lifetime. There's so much uncovered that you, you, you wouldn't catch up. That's why men get paid more. I'm sorry I don't get pregnant and I don't have to go home and take time off. That, that's not my fault I can't get pregnant. Please don't blame me for that. I know you wish you could. But actually, if you look, women who work full time and are usually single or unmarried or whatever, they tend to make more than their professional male counterparts. More. So don't tell me that women make less. Please, actually read the statistics instead of going through your, your cherry-picked statistics to try and prove a fallacy like you've been for the last 40, 60 years. I don't even know how long this has been going on. We believe that equal means equal and that it's true in marriage and true in the workplace. It's true in all of America. Well, if you mean equality under the law, then yeah, I guess it's true. Uh, as for in the workplace, no, there's no such thing as equal in the workplace. Some people produce more than others, right? I might produce $20 in goods, you might produce 30. That means you're worth more to the company than me. That's just the way it is. If you're talking about based on race and skin color and whatnot, then again, I mean, if a company is going to discriminate against someone based on their appearance, 
they're only punishing themselves. Anyone who takes even basic intro to economics knows that every transaction benefits both parties. Value is created at the transaction. If person A doesn't want to deal with person B because of some superficial reason, he's hurting himself just as much as he's hurting person B. He's punishing himself for refusing to take a beneficial transaction. So, uh, and you also mentioned marriage. Well, marriage, again, wouldn't be a problem if government wasn't involved in marriage. It would be a spiritual or religious thing. But when the government steps in and offers active benefits for people who are married, then that, they have an obligation to uh, protect equally all people can get married. So if a gay person wants to get married because the government is offering active benefits then the gay person should have equal protection under the law. But if the government wasn't involved in marriage and just allowed people to deal with their issues through contracts this wouldn't be a problem. I get married. Okay, I sign a contract that says if we split up, she gets so much of this and I get so much of that. I sign a contract that says she gets my stuff if I die, vice versa. We go to the hospital. I sign a contract that gives her power of attorney. All that can be handled through contracts. If you did this, marriage would not be a problem. We believe that immigration has made this country strong, vibrant, and that means reform. Right? I agree with the premise. Right? I, I like the idea that you are saying that immigration makes the country strong and vibrant. The free movement of labor is just as important as the free movement of goods. The problem is you say reform and that usually means bureaucratic nonsense. So when you say reform that means just another health care reform, just another immigration reform, whatever. It's, we've reformed everything I don't know how many times and it does not fix the issues. What reform means to me is that you are going to put bureaucrats in charge of the borders and it's just going to create some big bureaucratic mess. Which of course is probably the worst thing for immigration in which the main problem is people can't come over legally because they're put in waiting lines. What's the thing to help people in lines hob up bureaucrats? And we believe that corporations are not people. Okay, I'm going to stop you there. I don't believe in the idea of corporations. I think it's a legal shield that protects people from responsibility. That said, a corporation is made up of people, employers, employees, shareholders, people that work there, everybody there, that's who makes up a corporation. When you say we need to punish or help a corporation, you're saying we need to help the shareholders. We need to punish the shareholders. So yes, a corporation is people. It's made up of people that women have a right to their bodies. We will overturn Hobby Lobby and we will fight for it. We will fight for it. Yes, women have a right to their body. That I agree with that. But with right comes responsibility. When I have a right to my body, I have a responsibility to take care of it. And responsibility means being personally responsible. If you want to use birth control, go ahead. But by all means, buy it your damn self. So when you expect someone else to be responsible for your body, what you're saying is, you don't actually own your body. Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby or the government basically owns your body. They're the ones who are being actively responsible for you. So yes, by all means, be a child and be taken care of. Don't be responsible for yourself. But you cannot have a right to your own body unless you are responsible for your body. Because you're not the one taking care of it. And the main tenet of conservative philosophy? I got mine. The rest of you are on your own. And this is like a huge straw man. They're basically saying, oh, conservatives don't want to give people free shit. They must hate people. They're evil. And we, we're going to stand on this uh, high, we're going to sit on our high horse and use emotional high ground to say that we're better. 
conservatives give away just as much to charity as progressives, if not more. So please try to stop strawmanning and just assuming that everyone who doesn't support giving away free shit at everyone else's expense is immediately an evil bastard that doesn't care about anybody. You are not compassionate because you take away person A's money to give to person B. Go ahead and give yourself a pat on the back for giving away someone else's money and calling yourself compassionate. Go ahead, I'll wait.